getting your hack on. This is your favorite wealth hacker, Dr. O. Today, I am going to go into our message. We already know our four pillars, and I love them. I absolutely adore these pillars. There's this picture that you can research. You can Google it. It's called the Pillars of the Universe, and it is a beautiful display of these gaseous columns that create Earth's planets or stars or whatever, right? And these pillars of creation are just freaking gorgeous. I mean, they're just, to me, it looks like like a, a mommy, a daddy, and a baby. It just, it's just so beautiful. But anyway, in this picture, this, this energy that, that you see, you just see a lot of power. So we are on a power series, and I believe that we're on episode number seven today. And so we know that in numerology, that seven is the number of completion, and that we adore when we're able to complete a cycle. I think the number of completion is the number nine. That's just me, because you go zero to nine, and then it starts another series, but whatever. The point is that people have the number seven um, as completion, or the number seven is a number of luck. In Asia, the number six is the number of luck. I was born on September the 6th, and I actually agree with them. <laughs> anyway, but when it comes to the number seven, you have to admit that it is a pretty interesting number, um, and it is a pretty interesting series of things, so this is special. So I just want to go into some special ways to hack into your wealth, some creative ways to hack into your wealth. I believe that people who lack creativity are um, not doing, they're not trying hard enough. I don't believe that every single person is an extra creative person. I do believe that creativity is something that is within all of us, um, that we have access to it anyway, if it's not, uh, and that access of creativity is what we have out here that's really making a sense on this world. Who doesn't like a, a epidemic? You know, who doesn't like a trend? Who doesn't like a, a what we call a pioneer or an innovator? Who, who could get mad at somebody who's innovative? who is thinking outside of the box, who's doing the undone, who's, you know, getting out here and just making things happen. I mean, and a lot of people do hate on those people, to be honest with you, but that's just them being crazy. Anyway, the point that I'm making is that in your wealth, you will have to hack into your creativity. And so we want to make sure that you not only hack into your creativity as you're hacking into your wealth, but that you respect the process along the way. Yesterday, we spoke about process, um, and we talked about process equals power. Today, I don't know the title of the message just yet, but we know it's going to equal to some power, right? So let's get into it. Our four pillars are always saving, streams of income, credit, and investment. Those are our pillars. And we make sure to help you hack into your wealth in those four areas because those four areas can bring upon every other area. They are the forefathers or the, the godmothers or whatever you want to call them. They are the leaders in this financial and economic game. And so we always talk about the wealth game. Well, I do anyway. And the wealth game, we do not play, we win. And win is spelled W-H-E-N. Because when is very important, and when is always now. Your present moment in this very hot 
second. You can pause for the cause and you can go into your future and you can speak over your past. You can do whatever you want. You can go backwards or forwards, sideways or up and down or left. You can go in any direction that you choose in the moment that you choose to take that moment to look at what you want to look at. It is not a horrible thing to go into your past. I always play the shoulda, woulda, coulda game with people when I'm doing mindsets and masterminds because I really want you to shoulda, woulda, coulda. And shoulda, woulda, coulda gives you a format or a framework of your firmware. Like, where are you? And in that firmware, which basically is like a hardware or software, firmware is more over like the, the construct, the, the real building blocks of uh, what it is that you are as a person, your core. We teach people how to cope, but I'm here to teach people how to core. And in those cores, you have to create core values. So that is a hack. There you go. Write that down or speak that out or remember that, exercise that, Google that, research that, develop that, discover that. What are your core values? And then what are the core values of your wealth? We know you're wealthy. You're already wealthy because wealth is your birthright. Wealth is your civil right and wealth is already naturally within you. We know this. Therefore, why are you wealthy though? What is the use or the purpose, the functionality of your wealth, right? So you need to know your core values. You need to know where you take a stand inside of your wealth and what, why you identify as a wealthy person. And in that wealth identity, um, I believe, and there we go, that's it, identity equals power. So we're going to get you a wealth identity. That's what today's message is about. I love when that happens. Anyway, so your wealth identity um, is, you know, based off your core and your core values, what it is that you identify wealth as for you. And then obviously you're going to incorporate that into your relationships with others as well, right? But you got you have to have a relationship with yourself, with, with, with God, yourself, with your wealth, yourself. Like you have to be able to do that on your own. And then you share in that with others that are along the alignment of the same, right? So your wealth identity. And as you're building out your wealth identity through your core values and you're getting to know yourself in your core, <laughs> then you are going to start to see and perceive. Perception is so critical. Revelation, manifestation, all of those things are based off perception, beliefs, based off perception. Most of your life and thought process is based off your perception. Someone could come up and tell you that they love you and you can perceive that they're trying to con you. And then through that perception is how you deal with that. And that's just everybody. That's why we don't argue with people's belief systems because it just makes no sense to do that. Seriously, you're literally wasting your time. I'm not going to argue with your beliefs. What I can do is give you a perspective of mine, and you can give me a perspective of yours, but I'm not going to argue with you about them, right, because they're yours. So anyway, so in this core building, and you're building up your core, maybe you create some pillars. Maybe you um, create some defining moments. Maybe you create some pivot points. And pivotal moments in your life are very crucial. So one way that I like to do that is go back through a chronology of your life, starting from your birth. And in that chronology, you can just go and mark every five years, every 10 years, every three years, every one year. You can go through the whole thing if you want to. I do it very often. I take an assessment of my life. Assessing is a very amazing wealth hack. And you can assess because it makes you look at what you have. And a lot of times people miss what they have by looking at what they lost or what they have to gain. 
So they're looking too far in their past or too far into their future that they don't um, respect the present moment. And in this present moment, that's where you find your real identity. If you get back into your past, that may be um, versions of yourself that may not be your current reality. Or if you go too far in your future, that may be versions of yourself that are not your current reality. So who are you today? What is your identity as of today? So stop dropping identity, right? So right now, we're going to stop dropping identity. We're going to discover ourselves, and we're going to get into our power of knowing our identity. Not the, the one that everybody sees, not the one that people need, not the one that people know or think they know, rather, but the one that you really are. Who are you? What are you, and what is more, more important than who, Right? Because some people don't care who you are. But what you bring to the table may be valued. They may hate who you are, but what you do and what you bring to the table, what you represent is so powerful, they can hate all they want. They have to respect that, right? So what is more powerful than who? When are you you? Is it with everybody or like, hey, look, I'm not going to give this all this goodness to everybody. You can get some of this goodness. Or, hey, I don't want people to know who I am at all, you know? So when are you you? Um, how? These are your framework questions, right? And where? Where are you, you, right? So those are your questions, and you want to get into that, especially in business. A lot of people are in business, and they don't know who, what, where, why, and how, and then it gets them off their mark, right? You need to know who your target demographic is. You need to know what it is that you're selling. You need to know your price points. You need to know how you're going to enter into the market, how you're going to exit the market. You need to know who you are as far as a brand. What do you bring to the table? You need to know all of this stuff about yourself, and where do you do it? Location, location, location. In identity, location is one of the most important things in discovering your identity. Environment shapes you for who you are and what you do with who you are. Environment, environment, environment. Just like we say in the business world, location, location, location. Online is a powerful location, right? People learned that in the 2000s. 1999 came through and let us know. You know, the Internet created so many millionaires and so many powerful people based off of its location, which is anywhere. In our first investment, Investors um, Club, in the first, sorry, First Class Investors Club, in our First Class Investors Club, we have invested into a pre-IPO stock, and that stock is called Automation Anywhere. Google it. Research that stock. It's pretty powerful. Well, anyway, online is anywhere. So location, location, location. Or maybe location is the hottest city in the in the United States or whatever, right? The hottest position on the busiest highway or maybe it's in the rural community, the biggest, you know, hidden farm or safari in the, in the, you know, whatever. I don't know. Whatever your business is, location is important. Well, the same way in business that location is important, it's the same exact way that environment is important for your life. And so this is where you discover your identity, and this shapes your identity. And so sometimes it can lie on your identity, right? I'm in a situation, a predicament right now that's lying on me. And it's so funny because one of my former colleagues would always say that that your, your, what, your situation is lying on you, right? Because you are this amazing, powerful being, but your circumstance looks like you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had to really get into a spiritual, I had to core. I didn't want to cope with what he was saying. I wanted to core with what he was saying. I had to really dig into that thing, and I had to look at it. Yes and no. 
on a spiritual level, it's not lying at all. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is my spirit controlling my destiny and working with me, guiding me rather instead of saying control, guiding my destiny and working with me and, and showing me uh, the way that I'm supposed to really love. Even though it's, it's bothering me and it's frustrating, it says love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm in a situation where I'm actually walking that out and living that out. So when I speak about that, I, I can really identify with what I'm saying. And a lot of people do not, don't even identify with what they're talking about. So they're just selling you and, and, and honestly defrauding you because they're talking to you about some stuff that they don't even believe in. They're trying to sell you something that they're not. And we know that in business or in money getting or economic getting, when we're dealing with the public eye and social currency and social relationships, you need to sell yourself. But what if you're not selling the right version of yourself or you're not you're lying about who you are or what you are and, and you, you're selling them the wrong version of you? That's called deception. And deceptive tactics are all throughout sales. We know that, right? And that's how we find them out. Because you're like, this doesn't this is not what you said or this is not what you told me or this is not what you showed me you know you know how that is where you go buy something and then you open up the package and there's nothing near about what you saw on the on the marketing or the advertisement and then you get upset and it's called what false advertisement well that's what a lot of people are doing with themselves they're false advertising they're false flagging they have false pride and false beliefs they have a lot of questionable behaviors that that doesn't help us identify with them they're living a lie they don't know their identity and they're caught up in a mistaken identity and in that identity they're not they're not um they're not really operating out of their wealth self and i believe that wealth is a truth you know wealth is, is only going to be based off the truth and the truth is the best lie detector that i know the truth is also it doesn't need your help god gave me a quote in 2006 if i'm, if I'm not mistaken and it was the truth is not sought it's evident and so where there's no evidence and there's no proof and there's no, no hardcore confirmation of something that you're saying or that you're being or that you're living, then you're not, you're living a lie. The truth is not sought. It's evident. Anytime you have to go looking for the truth, baby, it's not there. It's not in them. It's not in that situation. And if you, got, if you have to go outside of the situation to go look and seek the truth, then there's a lie and there's a form of deception being there. If it's in you, if it's in the other person, if it's in the circumstance or situation, there's a lie somewhere lurking if you have to go searching for the truth. Because the truth is evident. It doesn't, need no one, it doesn't need anyone's help. So anyway, so when we're thinking about your wealth identity, are you really at the core of you? Take an assessment of what you have. And see, that's what that person didn't know when he was speaking out on me, and he was basically what we call cursing me or casting a spell upon me. He was spelling out what he saw, but he had no idea what was happening on the inside, and that internal power is, is greater than anyone's voice, any outside voice, and even sometimes your own lying voices. <laughs> you know, when you get to lying to yourself, it is not the lies that others tell us. It's the lies we tell ourselves. That, that we need to be getting mad at or, or taking a stance against. So anyway, so he did not understand the spiritual implications of what was happening in my life and that he did not see all of my accounts. He did not see all of my wealth. He did not take an assessment of my, um, my value and my net worth. He was only looking at what he was experiencing with me. And in that particular experience, yes, that situation circumstance is lying on me. But underneath it all, the iceberg effect, 
underneath it all, nah. On paper, in them bank accounts, and those, and in those assets, in the things that I've built, in the seeds that I have planted, my harvest has reaped me to be a millionaire. So, regardless of what you see, I could be walking down the street, right, in a tank top and some shorts and flip flops, as a millionaire. That's my iceberg effect. But still, in the core of me, I'm a millionaire, not because I have money, but because I'm a millionaire. Like Jim Rohn or his his mentor taught him, what do I do when I get a million dollars? He said, you better become a millionaire or else you're going to lose it all because that's in the mind, right? So your circumstance or situation or your identity, rather, is looking for you to connect with you, the real you. And that real you may or may not be reflected in your circumstance or situation. So you need to create better environments for yourself at all times. You can be, let me, let me go here with you and give you a, a visual. You live in a cardboard box on the street. That cardboard box better be the, the most opulent, wealthiest, nicest looking box that you have. You are pushing a basket down the street with all of your belongings that you have that better be the neatest nicest tidiest basket that you better you better you better you better be the most richest basket walking person homeless person in the world right that's one level now you got your little place to stay maybe you're in a shelter that that shelter may be raggedy but your area better be the nicest part of that shelter when people come to that shelter like oh this is dirty or, or or it's a nice shelter it could be a nice shelter but your area better excel them all next level get you a little a little efficiency right or a little room that you're renting out from somebody and you get that little room and that room better be the nicest room in that house or you do move to an efficiency that little everything's there no bedrooms right bathroom is in the kitchen that better be the nicest efficiency you get your little apartment with a little one bedroom now you're moving up better be the nicest one bedroom you get your little little two bedroom that better be the nicest two bedroom you get you a house. It better be the nicest house. You get you a mansion. It better be the nicest mansion. You get you a hotel. You get you an apartment complex. It better, they, you can build wealth in any circumstance or situation that you ever encounter. It's up to you to take ownership and control of that. And, 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 and who is a trust with little? Who's a good steward over little? Then you will be a leader and steward over much. And so when we think about stewardship, that is an excellent point of identity that you can grasp, but you have to do an assessment to get to the stewardship. So that if we had a step one, step two, step one, take an assessment, count up the cost. People don't want to count up the cost to be the boss. Look at what you have right now. I remember I was doing a, um, a financial uh, session with a, a friend, an old friend of mine, and we were sitting down, and he's such a much tall, sexy, handsome got it going on actually a pretty good thinker pretty you know within his own right or whatever right had his had his had his look together baby boy looked like a billion bucks serious he was very very becoming okay and captivating and um he had the look he had you know the energy he had a nice nice car you know nice little situation or whatever but he wasn't stable only I knew that, and that's no one's business. But when we sat down and we, we looked on paper, he was thoroughly embarrassed with himself. Not because I was looking, because we were really close. He didn't mind sharing with me. But when we sat down and looked at his finances, he was like, I'm not what, I, I'm, not what I'm acting like. 
Nah, bro. These numbers don't lie. People do. Feelings do. Emotions do. Numbers don't really lie. And if these are your real numbers and this is what you put on paper, bro, you underbroke. Baby, how about you poor? But you look rich. When they say, let the, let the poor say I am rich. Let the weak say I am strong. You got to sometimes speak to your situation. <laughs> and you've got to create that environment. So in that environment, we're sitting at the table. We're going through the finances. We create an environment of the truth for his economic status. And in that environment, because we created that environment of trust and quality and worth, we were able to get to the core of, okay, so then you just need some more finances. You need to stop spending money on out to eat. You need to stop, you know, uh, spending so much money on this and that. You need to get your credit straight. You need to start leveraging your credit and stop, you know, using your cash and so on and so forth. So we were able to really get to that situation, and he felt better because we created an environment, right, where we were able to, to speak the truth and start to do something about it and make decisions based off the truth and not based off of the lies, right, and the, and the shadows. <laughs> Somebody got a lot of people have a lot of shadow shadow wealth. I don't, we don't need all that. We can have real wealth that's real, and it could be a peanut. When they say mustard seed faith, it can be a peanut, or it can be the whole tree. You know, it's up to you. But you, you, you grow in that. But you've got to identify on the way. So we're doing an assessment. We're looking at it for what it is. After we take an assessment, we can really get into where we want to go. We can start to goal, plan, strategize, all that fun stuff. But you need to know what you have. Some people are so focused on what they don't have or what they used to have or whatever the case may be. They don't take an assessment of what they do have. And that's what happened with that gentleman who told me that my circumstance situation was lying on me. May it be. You haven't taken an assessment. I know I have an assessment, so I'm confident whether I'm uh, on the streets, which I was homeless before, or when I'm when I'm in a mansion. Um, I've never owned a mansion, but I've been in them. And, and, and when I'm in those, I'm confident. And if I own one, I'm confident. I've lived in an addition. I've lived in a lot of different conditions. Matter of fact, probably most of the conditions that I laid out before. But I said all of that to say that who are you uh, doesn't matter. Who you are, excuse me, doesn't matter. But what, what you are in that moment really matters. So what you become, you become a leader. Even if I'm on the street, I remember one time I was um, in a park. And I'll never forget it. I was in the park. And um, I don't remember if I was homeless or not. I may have been. But... I was in the park. I probably was homeless at this time, but I didn't like it. I was seeing beetles on the ground and condom wrappers and beer bottles. And it's a kid's playground, by the way. So I'm looking at the little pills and stuff, pill casings and baggies and stuff. Basically, it was a drug and weird area. And it was by a college, so I was like, what in the world? So I'm looking around, and people are just cool, walking around like normal. Some people sitting down, some kids playing, so on and so forth. Just a lot of different things going on in this environment and so I said no nah, I don't mm-mm. I'm, I'm an atmosphere changer I'm an environmentalist I I'm mm-mm, mm-mm, this is not right and I think I did bring my son I don't remember or I said something to the effect that I, I'm glad my son isn't here or something like that but anyway instead of crying hollering complaining rolling my eyes and getting an attitude which I had very bad I just went and started picking up the trash I had no idea. I was so busy on the ground picking up the trash and cleaning up the park that by the time, and it's still, it's overwhelming, it's emotional. By the time I looked up, just about everybody in that park was picking up trash and and cleaning up the environment as well. I didn't even notice because I was so busy just moving 
that when I looked up and saw these people doing that, I sat down. Like, I'm even emotional right now. I sat down. I was like, dang, I just wanted to clean up the park. But that one person that wanted to clean up that park caused um, an epidemic, right? Because I didn't identify with that environment. And the core value in myself said, nah, we're not, we're not, we're not doing it like this. So I cleaned up. I don't know how clean the park is now, but I know in that moment when I was there, I started cleaning it up, and all those people, homeless or no, started helping me clean up that park. And that park was clean by the time I left because of not only my hand but the hands of others, which is why I talk about that invisible hand, right? Take care of you, and you doing that is going to help others. And and that was a real moment for me because I identified with something greater than what I saw. And I allowed that to to put me to work and to action and not to complain or just leave the park as it was or whatever. Something pulled on me to start cleaning it and then that pool, that same pool, began to pull on others and they also began to do so. That's what you are. Who I was was a person cleaning the park, a frustrated person cleaning the park. But what I was was a leader in that moment, a cleaner or whatever. I don't care what you call me. I was doing something. I was an actionaire. So... When you're coring and you're getting to your cores and you're identifying yourself, then your identity may not match, you know, where you are. So you can say I'm a millionaire all you want. If you're not going to do millionaire things and you're not going to have a millionaire mindset and you're not going to commit to millionaire actions and you're not going to have millionaire results and millionarity in every aspect of your life and you're not going to wealthify yourself, then you're not a millionaire. You're just talking. But what you are, if that's what you are, and you truly are a millionaire, it's going to reflect in every area of your life. And for me in that moment with that gentleman, it was not reflecting to him in that particular area, but he didn't see all the others, the iceberg. He didn't see underneath the water. He just saw what he saw. And that's how you get into some perception situations. And it is not your role to make sure people perceive you correctly. You be who you are. And you let them perceive what they want to perceive. That's not for you to start to help other people perceive you. You just make sure that your perception is right about you. And your perception is correct about what you're doing. So you've got to develop that perception. So in your wealth building, as you take an assessment and you're able to really calculate, you're able to calculate, you can start to really do something. If you only have $20 extra, you can put that towards some crypto. You can buy, there's a Cardano, there's um, ADA Adam. And there's Cardano uh, crypto that I have, for example, or a Polygon Matic crypto. And it's a dollar fifty, whatever, right? You can buy a few, a few of those, you know, with twenty bucks, ten bucks. You can start to buy stuff with like I think it has to be like a dollar ninety nine. You have to be able to spend at minimum a dollar ninety nine or something like that on Coinbase to to get stock. So basically, you could buy one of these little tokens or whatever. Anyway, the amount. It's the process. We talked about that yesterday. But when you start to identify as a wealthy person and your wealth identity starts to kick in, you start to perceive things totally different than when a, what a poor person would perceive. So a poor person will see an obstacle as an opportunity to quit, whereas a rich person will see an obstacle as an opportunity to press forward and get stronger. Um, and that's the richness. I'm not talking about your bank account. I'm talking about your mental account, your emotional account, your wealth account, right? I'm talking about your, your inner being that begins to identify with the moment and the matter. And you're not going to identify with everything, and everything's not going to identify with you. I'm not saying that. 
But as much as possible, you need to be working on your identity. You need to be knowing, you need to know who you are. You need to be in the know. Not of everybody else's business, but your business. You need to be in the know. I'm an insider, right? So I'm an insider in a lot of situations, circumstances, lives, countries, and all that. I'm an insider. And that's that's how I identify. <laughs> so I get very frustrated when people don't receive me that way or try to act like I'm not that. Oh, baby, you talk about, ooh, that right there. It's not even a pet peeve. It's literal anger and rage when people try to act like I'm not who I am, right? Or they act like they don't know because you do know. But I'm an insider. I identify as an insider because I know that I'm a trustworthy person and I'm entrusted to be an insider for a reason. And in that insiderdom, it's because I'm going to do right and I'm going to do well and I'm going to increase. I identify as an increaser. I identify as somebody who comes into your life and your life begins to increase. I personally don't know anyone in my phone or in my life currently that I haven't made money with, that I haven't made moves with, that hasn't had an increase of some sort because of our relationship together, key being me in it. So I identify that way because that is my identity. And I've, I've learned that over the years. Why? Because I've taken assessments. I don't even think I need to give any more points. That's the hack. That's it. The assessment alone will help you with your identity. Assess. Go back, calculate. I talked about the years. You can go back through the years. You can go to the, through the past. You can go before you were born. Start looking at the time frame around when you were born, a little, 10 years before, five years before. Look at what was going on. Look at you coming into the world. And then you came here. Look at your life from this point, that point back. And then take that situation in this present moment. What do you want to do with it? And then you start gearing up and goaling and planning and envisioning your future. After you've identified with yourself, don't just start creating a future and you don't know your current identity. And don't start dipping into your past and you don't know who you are right now. You're going to be confused. And there's a lot of people with mistaken identity and confused identity and stolen identities running around out here not being who they really are. And we wonder why we keep crashing into each other and keep having these woes and these, these, these confusing and conflicting situations and why there's so much disagreement and disarray. Because people have a mistaken identity. You're not even identifying properly. You're identifying as something that you're not. You'll be this thing and identify as something else and try to operate out of that something else and then get frustrated because you're not uh, you're not in the situation of who you really are supposed to be. You're everybody else. You're doing everything for everyone else. You're identifying everybody else's situations and shortcomings and not your own. You're pointing out everybody else's flaws and not looking at within your own and 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 seeing your flaws as a benefit to you and seeing your flaws as a benefit to you. I'm going to leave you with the story of the pearl. I think it's proper timing. I identify with this pearl, this story of the pearl. How a pearl is formed is that a clam or an oyster gets an irritant inside of its soft, you know, uh, uh, inner self. And that inner skin, that, that soft uh, spot that they have, that, 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 that weak spot that they have, it gets an irritant inside of it and to protect itself, it begins to put lacquer and create um, uh, uh, what we call a, a fortress around the irritant. And then as that irritant begins to get coated with the lacquer, 
that is being produced by the, the oyster is protecting itself from something inside of itself. This thing is inside of it. And on the inside, even in this soft, weakened state, it begins to strengthen the area around this irritant so the irritant doesn't affect it on the inside. And in that protection, in that protection, it starts to form the pearl. So a beautiful, a very, a very valiant, a very, a very valuable, extremely expensive pearl has a lot of, of what we call flaws. And that's how you know it's valuable. It's flawed. So even your flaws wreak value. So as this pearl is being formed, which is one of the most amazing things that man has not made and touched. Obviously there's fake pearls, but I'm just talking about this formation. And pearls are not always circular. Sometimes they're in the shape of the irritant or something like that. But the ones that are spheric, they are just a beautiful thing of creation that no man has, has, has anything to do with. This oyster, this, this, this being of the sea, has created this thing of value based off an irritation. So even your irritation or your environment that's not of the best environment, I'm sorry. Yes, you can become the pearl of that environment regardless, but 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 environment does matter, right? Because obviously this environment don't play them games. We don't do irritants. We 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 put a fortress around that thing and we're not going to let that thing control us. You will become something valuable and then you will be you need to exit stage left. Clams and oysters don't care about no poor pearls. These these sea creatures don't care about them pearls. The pearls don't have no value to them but to get that irritant away from them. We seek value in it because it is a gem, it is a stone, it is something that is uh, valuable to us as humans. But they don't, the only value they saw was get this irritant from from hurting me and and, and causing me consistent pain. And instead of me uh, allowing the pain to get to me, I'm going to get to it. And that's the same way you need to start to build that identity within yourself. You can change any environment that you come into. You can change any atmosphere, you're an atmosphere changer. You can change any atmosphere that you come into. That's up to you. To begin to fortify your situation and circumstance. And in that circumstance, that thing can become very valuable to you. You can teach others. You can show others. You can keep it for your family. You can show the next generation. You can keep it and never show anyone, but just know and walk around with that confidence knowing that you know. Whatever way you choose, your your environment can become that for you. And so when we're identifying with that, we're probably going to talk about this a few times because identity is very crucial and your wealth identity is very important people always ask me dr oh how are you and i say i'm wealthy w-e-l-l-t-h-y which is wellness you know and wealth or health and wealth mixed together that's me i don't do one without the other i recently just lost some weight i don't weigh a lot but either way i'm typically 140 145 that's my favored preferred weight I'm 5'10 and uh, three quarters, so I'm like 5'11. I'm pretty tall, so I like to be slender and, and lean and, and tall. You know, that's me. That's my life. That's where where I'm at, right? But I noticed that I had gained. I was 165. I looked up one day. I was tripping when I was like 150. I was like, oh my god. Then when I was like 158, I was like, oh no. Then I was like 160. Then I got to 165. I was like, oh no, baby. I had to change the environment. 
I had to look at myself and identify with myself that this is not my, this is a mistaken identity. This is not me. They were like, you're good. You still look good. You still have size such and such. You still look, whatever. That's for you. I know me. And what I represent is the 140, 145 zone. That's me. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm getting older. I'm 42. So listen, it, it don't get no greater, better unless I make it greater, better at this age, right? <laughs> my metabolism is not the same. I'm a pretty healthy eater for the most part. I do have junk food cravings and such sometimes, but long story short, I'm 160, 165. I'm like, oh no, I got down 163. I'm like, oh no, I got down to 160. No, today I got on that scale. I was 158. I was like, okay, <laughs> I wasn't a no. It was an okay. I'm not there yet, you know, because I if I had saw 148, you know, then we could talk because I'm closer. But anyway, I have to do the work. I have to do the work to, to build my identity. I identify 140, 145. I've got to do the work for that identity. I have to discover that. What do I need to do? Okay, what's going on? I learned my liver. I need to make sure that I'm working on my liver. Yes, I drink a lot of water and I eat a lot of fruit, so on and so forth. I'm pretty healthy. But for the most part, I was like, dang, your liver is your natural fat burner. So how do I build more liver health? You know what I mean? Anyway, once you, my point in all of that is that once you find your identity, you can start to really protect things and irritants that are coming against you. And protection and wealth, oh my God, that is husband and wife. Mm, and it's nothing like power couple. Woo! Sexiest power couple alive. Wealth and protection. Woo! Nothing like protection. Are you protecting yourself? Do you identify as a protector in your in your, in your wealth building? Are you a protector? And if you're not, do you have protectors around you? That will help you with that. But anyway, I am at my location and destination. So I just wanted to do this. Damn, this went long. Man, you guys, this was serious. These are getting longer and longer because I'm starting to, like, come into my identity about Wealth Hackathon. So I guess I cannot apologize at this point. I can just say... It is what it is. Anyway, wealth is your birthright. Wealth is your birthright. Wealth is already naturally in you. 